Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's off-track betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to the Goldmine Podcast. This is Pat Prince editor of Goldmine Magazine. And this episode, um, I'd like to welcome Jacques Van Gool. He's been on the podcast before, owner of Backstage Auctions, and he's got a very cool auction going on. And that's one uh, from Megaforce Records. It's the John and uh, Marsha Zazula auction, and it's from the Zazula Estate. So you're going to find a lot of cool things from Megaforce Records and obviously Metallica. Um, so we'll talk and uh, more with Jacques. He's right here. Jacques, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Pat. And and thanks for having me. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be on your show. And, uh, um, and, and, and it's fun for me to be able to talk about what I love to do, which is, you know, put together interesting auctions and, and, uh, and I think the uh, the Zazula estate is, uh, is certainly one of those. Um, well, I've always found anytime a, a record company, there's a record, an auction around a record company. I find it very interesting because you're going to get some first pressings mm-hmm. of vinyl. You're going to have some interesting promotional items. Um, you know, it's sad because John Zazula passed away. Um, you know, I was friendly with him. And the thing I liked about John is that he was a fan first so he understood collectors he understood um he, he, you know it was easy for me to talk to him mm-hmm. um, because he wasn't all business so um i was sad about i was sad to hear of his passing and yeah. um you know but people people remember him well um and he got a lot of nice um, on social media, there were, were a lot of nice things being said about him. Um, and one thing he was great at was picking talent. Mm-hmm. And he picked, you know, I mean, he was, I mean, Brian Slagle was there with Metallica for Metal Massacre, putting them on a the compilation. But let's right. face it, it was Azula who gave them a contract. 
Yeah. And um, I guess we could start from there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, tell me what you think makes Megaforce so special. And then you could go right into one item I want to talk about, which is the first pressing of Metallica Kill Em All. So. Sure, sure. Well, I think what, what made Megaforce special and and when you say megaforce you you really talk about john and marcia zazula because they are a megaforce right. and, uh, or at least at, at the time is um um you know you have two individuals that kind of like like the rest of us you know at that time and i'm talking about you know 82 83 uh, were exposed to this explosion of, you know, heavy metal that really was not fully understood yet, and it wasn't fully embraced yet by by the labels. Um, and uh, yeah, there was obviously, um, you know, the, the let's say the, 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 in England, you know, with the new wave of British heavy metal, uh, you know, mm-hmm. they, they started to indeed you know understand it and this goes back to like 1980 81 um but by the time it it made its way to the united states uh not only was was that a new market uh but i think what that did is it inspired so many garage bands you know to make their own type of metal and i think metallica is is a prime example of a band that mixed, you know, different sounds and created their own. And all of a sudden there was this thing, you know, and it was new and we had never heard it before. And, you know, the demo started to come out. Um, Zazula, um, you know, just did something at that time that nobody else did. And he, and that is, you know, wanting to bring it to the masses, you know, and think past the, you know, demo or tape trading, you know, uh, environment that was created. Um, So he was like, well, heck, this stuff is so good. Um, You know, more people need to know about it. And people got to see these guys because all they were doing is playing local clubs in San Francisco, Mm -hmm. you know, so, um, and, if there's no label, you know, interested in that, then your only option is start your own. (laughs) And that's exactly what he did. You know, he started a label entirely and purely driven by passion and emotion, you know, and probably not by any, any commercial expectations or any business sense. It was purely driven by passion and, and um and and it blossomed from there you know and of course it's it's incredible that your first band is metallica and your first signing is kill them all and you know and and it's 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 mind-blowing that that is the first thing you ever did i mean i think there isn't any other record label you know that immediately started off with the biggest thing ever uh and and tr- i think mega megaforce has released an enormous amount of phenomenal records after that but you know it's if you look at all the other record labels you know most of them just start with you know the first 5 10 20 30 releases being utterly forgettable 
Um, you know, and as I said, Megaforce right out, the, you know, right from the start, you know, came out with, 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 you know, Kill Em All, which was, and still is still this day, you know, such an, an, an you know, historically relevant album, um, you know, so, um, but um, yeah, so, so Kill Em All, um, um, among the, the 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 pieces that we were given from the estate we did find john's copy um of that album and um yeah i mean obviously um the, you know any original first pressing you know on megaforce records of kilomole is by definition a desirable piece uh, but that's not why it's in the auction. It's only in the auction because it was John's. It was his. And, and um, you know, if you know his story and, and um, you know, heck, he, he wrote his own autobiography, which I can highly recommend because it's a very entertaining read. Uh, but, you know, there's also dozens of, of websites that have the story, you know, um, you know what that meant to him. You know, it's uh, it's it's the band he signed first. It's the album he released first, um, and then for him to hang on to that one copy and for us to have it in the auction, I think it's it's more about the history and the the ownership, you know, than the actual album itself. You're right. I mean, because I have a first pressing. I went. I was one of those guys who traded tapes. I was into <laughs> classic rock and punk and. And metal came along, and I was in the trading cassette uh, scene, and I knew about Metallica. So when that album dropped, I was right there. At, so I have I have a first pressing, but nothing would be as good as um, you know John Zazula, which is the owner. So uh, yeah. yeah, I already see that. That's uh, um, it's gonna it's probably gonna sell for thousands. So it's yeah. already got a bid past eleven hundred. Um, a band that I think that is uh, underrated or underappreciated that I've loved and still love is Raven. Mm-hmm. Um, they were big back back then, even before Metallica, and they toured with Metallica. So you got some Raven stuff in there, and uh, maybe it won't be as uh, popular as the Metallica auction stuff, but um, I dig the fact that there's some Raven stuff in there. Oh, absolutely. You know, I... Uh, um i think raven um kill them all for one that was the tour i know i kill them all for one and and um to me raven is 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 very similar to like a a band like anvil um um that meaning that they were right there um you know they were on the main stages uh they they recorded some phenomenal albums uh and and somehow they never made it you know to that to to like the big stage you know right. uh, uh, they never became you know as big as you know in raven's case you know they never got as big as saxon or iron maiden or judas priest or definitely yeah. motorhead and they had the right 
manager yeah. right right it's all that it's a combination of of all that because uh, and and you know the, the raven means something to me personally because you know growing up in the netherlands mm-hmm. uh you know we we were exposed firsthand to all of these bands and yeah. Raven was one of the, you know, the, I mean, they were one of the key bands, and I mean, they they toured so much, and they were, yeah. I mean, you, you could you could see Raven five times a year if you wanted. And your to. live show was great, and they were fun. They were super, you yeah. know, energetic and such, you know, high energy, and 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 I mean, just just, and they were fun, you know. I mean, these were these were three guys that just. You know had fun and and yeah. it was about having fun and and uh the other thing too and that's why i'm i'm i'm, I'm somewhat sentimental towards raven is is you know, i think one of the greatest record labels uh even though we're talking about mega force here but you know out of england was need records yeah. and you know and um you know i'll never forget the the wiped out seven inch you know that came out you know yeah. as one of the first you know um uh, or maybe even it was the first neat, uh, release on Neat Records, and um, you know, a sort so, of punk flavor. Like I don't think they were necessarily influenced by punk, but like Iron Maiden, they couldn't help but absorb some of that punk feel that was energy mm-hmm. going around. So you felt that sort of like speed, you know, mm-hmm. that totally. really angry speed in the music, um, yeah. Yeah. and it it was just. It was fantastic. Um, well, I think also, you know, what's fun is is that, um, um, you know, I think they're just such a prime example that three guys can make a whole lot of noise. Yeah, yeah. And you don't need four or five or even six. Exactly. And, uh, you know that the, and and uh, Venom, and the, there's no coincidence here. You know that they, they were even though complete different bands, but with a lot of similarities. Same era same label meaning neat records also three guys um and and sezula understood that and you know he 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 embraced raven he embraced venom um you know he really opened the doors to the american markets for these bands um and and i think because of sezula you know they they really um maximized i would say you know their their potential um uh, because a lot of other bands that are you know equally competent and 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 interesting and what have you never had that same exposure just because they didn't have a person like zazula uh, you know to uh, you know uh put them on 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 a tour and, and or you know uh, let him or or do in-store signings you know at at his shop in new jersey and things like that you know so and he was part of the new york scene which um was a lot different than the la scene which was <laughs> too much uh glam um you know thinking about image first so now you have the total opposite um, and he signs bands like Anthrax, which mm-hmm. were not image first. Um, they nope. were music first. So, and mm-hmm. they were, you know, uh, you know, the real thing. And they had elements of hardcore, New York, New York City hardcore in there. So it was very interesting how uh, this label, they just had all the right, they were there at the right time, the right place, New York City. Um 
it might have been a different label if it was out where you know Brian Slagle was. I, I, I don't know. Um, but I think Zazula still had the smarts to recognize. Um, I don't think he wanted to dive into the the heavy metal hair metal thing. So no, I don't I don't think he he had that interest. And I don't the the only thing that may have you know run in that direction a little bit was um you know when you were when, when you got into like the second half of the 80s mm-hmm. um, and um you know he started to work with with a band called profit for instance you know that that was definitely you know a lot more um uh what's the right word here it, it wasn't i wouldn't call it hair metal uh, even though it was probably a lot of makeup and hairspray involved but um it was more polished call it polished (laughs) and um you know and even when he started working with with ace freely you know who it was definitely a a more let's say um, hard rock yeah hard rock and but also i think with commerce in mind you know and and ace was really trying to write hit songs um as where up till that point, you know, he was, uh, you know, you obviously you meant, mentioned Anthrax, but, you know, Suzula also uh, worked with with Overkill and with Manowar mm-hmm. and um, uh, Testament, even though obviously that too was, you know, a San Francisco band, just like Metallica at the time. But, um, you know, he, um, uh, I think he, he was all, always drawn. And when I say he, you know, we shouldn't, we, we really should include Marsha uh, in that as well. But, you know, the Zazulas, I should say, were, I think, always drawn more towards, you know, the, the unknown or 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 let's say the you know the untested waters um i don't think they ever played it safe i think they were you know they never, yeah they never really you know were out there um to to sign on um bands purely for you know let's say um uh, you know the 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 financial uh, security um you know it was like hey this sounds interesting this is different let's try it and and see see where it takes us and um and ace with ace you know you were kind of i know i was rooting for him you know i, mm-hmm. I wanted to see him do well yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No, no, absolutely. I think everybody wanted him to do well. I mean, yeah. um, you know, heck, he made, you know, and I think this is generally, uh, 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 well, and I wouldn't say it's a, it's a, it's a generally accepted statement, but of the four solo albums, you know, I think his was the most popular. Um, I think he was always seen as, you know, uh, the guy that, that brought the edge, you know, to kiss and, and, um, you know, he was, I think of all four, you know, uh, the most true rock, you know, person or rock oriented person. Right. Uh, um, and I think that, you know, um, indeed when, you know, after a couple of years, when he started to come out with Freely's Comet, you know, everybody wanted that to be successful. And, um, yeah, my, what my favorite kiss songs are usually have Gene or him, uh, as the, 
uh, it's their songs, you know. So those because <laughs> they're rockers, you know, yep. uh, they're good rockers. Yeah, totally, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You know, so, but yeah, he, uh, you know, he, he opened the doors to, you know, to Ace, and and um, you know, Ace obviously struggled for several years, you know, yeah. between his departure, you know, from Kiss, and 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 you know, uh, coming out or starting a band and writing new material and all that. But uh, Suzula was right there. And um, uh, and it's actually interesting, too, that that uh, one other person that was really uh, instrumental um, uh, in, in, you know, working with a lot of these um, artists and, and um, uh, who... Um, you know, uh, again, a, a tri-state area product uh, was Eddie Trunk, you know, with his, you know, he had his radio show and uh, he was doing already some work and, and Sezula, you know, made him part of the, the Megaforce staff and, and right. uh, Eddie had a good ear and knew what was going on. And, you know, he too was listening to new demos and, and, um, and it's, to me, it's fascinating too, that, you know, and, um, uh, again, ultimately, it was you know the the Sejula's company, but but Eddie Trunk was was right there in the middle of, of a lot of that stuff. Well, yeah, he has he had a good ear, and you know, I mean, his favorite band was UFO, and yeah. <laughs> he could tell you know what bands were underappreciated, and you know if they got the right push or right promotion, it can make make them into stars or. Uh, yeah, so yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, are there any other items you'd like to point out besides the ones we mentioned? Well, you know, the, 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 yeah, well, there 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 are individual items, you know, that that I think are fascinating. You know, there's there's uh, you know we were talking about Metallica. That um, there's this story about when so when they they rented the truck. And they drove this this truck, um, uh, this rider truck, um, all the way from San Francisco to New Jersey. And basically, they were homeless, you know, and they were just sleeping wherever people, you know, said, hey, I got space. And, you know, for for months, um, they, they just lived, you know, in um you know uh homes that people open up to them or hotel rooms or motel rooms or what have you and all they did was either you know work on the recording of Killamall and recording Killamall or they were playing shows and those were the shows that Zazula had had booked for them um anyway so at one point their truck got stolen and that's a pretty well documented, you know, part of their their history, and it's particularly interesting because, you know, let's say Lars's first drum kit, you know, got stolen, and you know the the, the, the Cliff's bass guitar, and and you know James and Kirk's guitars, and all that, and all their amps and cabinets, and all that. So uh, the truck was eventually found, um, uh, and and all that was left was like a you know a couple T-shirts that they had left in the back of the truck, but everything else is gone. And uh, I think till this day, none of that has ever been recovered. Um, so, but the one thing that they that was left was the key to the truck, because of course the truck got stolen, but they still had the key. So. 
I don't know what 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 precisely you know Zizula's sentiments were, but he had that key pinned to his office wall, um, and uh, he called it the the metallic key, uh, yeah. and and he's always kept that key. You know, I think more as a symbol of those days and and that time and what it stood for and what that key reminded him of. And anyway, long story short, that that key is in the auction. And uh, I think it again, it's not about the key. It's it's about what it stands for, who owned it, what the history behind it is. Overcoming uh, adversity. Yeah. Oh yeah! Oh, absolutely. You know, um, we have uh, the. You know, we were, we talked about anthrax earlier. Um, um, you know, they the, probably you know one of the the best known, uh, let's say, visuals when you think about anthrax is is the Nodman. And there were two versions of that. There was a, an, 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 a first version, and then there was a second one, which was really, really big. Um, uh, but this original, you know, first uh, creation of the Nutman hat, um, you know, that was saved by, by the Zazulas. Um, and it's, you know, it's been photographed a million times over. It, it, there's even a video uh, where Ozzy um, perf um, uh, performs with that that particular hat on, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's you know it's got dents and scratches and all that, which I think adds even more character. But you know, to me, that is a phenomenal piece. Um, but throughout the you know the the, the, the there, there's there's I think this auction is not about the highest number of holy grail pieces um, um, john um, especially in the last 20 years already sold uh, a, a large portion of his collection um he's um and that probably is part of his trade you know i mean uh he used to be in the business uh, he used to own a store he used to have a, a you know tables at flea markets etc so buying and selling you know was in his blood and and even well past the the megaforce years when they temporarily moved to pennsylvania you know he and marcia opened a, a toy store and you know i mean so again the buying and selling the, that was just you know second nature for him so uh, when he ultimately moved to florida you know he gradually started to 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 sell things and um so um uh, when when he eventually passed, uh, you know, earlier this year, um, pretty much all that was left were the things at his house. And right. but I do think that that is essentially what makes the thing the pieces in this auction interesting because those were the pieces that he kept. You know, and the pieces that meant something to him. You know, yeah. it's like a lot of photos from his office or. You know the, the pieces that somehow you know, like the like the 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 the, the very first posters and flyers from rock and roll heaven shows. You know the the record store that he started in uh, you know in in New Jersey. So I think that that is I think what this auction is more about than anything else is, is that these are really pieces that 
first and foremost were important to John Zazula or John and Marsha Zazula. And not, not like, for instance, we don't have the original album cover artwork, you know, to, to, to these records. We don't have the, the handwritten lyrics. We don't have the original recording contracts. Those are things that were sold in the past. But what we do have is... Um, um uh, let's say john john owned a bass guitar uh, and it's actually a really cool bass guitar too it's an it's, it's one of those typical sg model and um he had just started working with uh with um with ministry and uh again kind of like uh, you know, pushing pushing boundaries here. Uh, you know, ministry was, you know, creating a, 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 a different type of music, uh, uh, especially around you know when they got out of the full electronic scene and became more of a mixture between metal and industrial and electronic and all that. Um, and he got real close with L. Jurgensen, and essentially. You know, the first album that they started recording, uh, you know, during that relationship was Psalm 69, you know, which I think, you know, ranks probably easily and comfortably among the top three of most significant ministry albums. Well, um, 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 you know, he, he gave his bass guitar to Paul Barker, you know, and he recorded that whole album with his bass guitar. Mm. Um so uh, you can say is 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 that guitar you know a, a holy grail piece no but it meant something to john you know it was you know he he, he was very fond of that guitar um there's probably been other musicians that used it um but when you think about that album and that sound and then to know that you know that came you know of a piece that john had given uh or, or loaned i should rather say um again it's it, there's a lot of pieces like that you know like the metallic key or like the kill album or the anthrax not man had or the you know the the, the guitar used on psalm 69 that you find in this auction and um again it's this is this is really more i think the content is more a celebration of the zulas uh than it it's about oh, look look how many holy grail pieces we have oh, yeah i like the fact that he kept clippings and magazines of all a lot yeah. of his artists that's that's what I love. But tell if I want if I wanted to bid, maybe you could tell the listeners what they need to do, um, just in case they're first timers to backstage auction. Yeah, real easy. Um, our, our our website is backstageauctions.com. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website. If you're a new user, then. Uh, you will immediately on our landing page uh, along the right side see a bright orange um, uh, key that says register. Um, it'll take you uh, anywhere between 60 and 90 seconds uh, to register. And once you are registered, then um, you are more than welcome and happy to participate. And uh, the auction ends this Sunday. Um, uh, we have a soft close, as they call it, that which means that the auction starts or or, or comes to a close at one o'clock. 
uh, uh, East Coast time, but as long as there is bidding activity, uh, the auction in its entirety stays open um, until such time we we hit an interval of 10 minutes without a single bid being placed. And that's when the auction comes to a close. So usually it usually goes on for, um, you know, uh, three, four, five, six hours after that one o'clock time. It depends right. on, on how 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 crazy the bidding still is. Uh, but that's part of the fun. Um, so, um, uh, but again, you can bid right now, you can bid right now. Yeah. You don't have to wait till Sunday afternoon too. <laughs> <laughs> Some people don't realize that. Right. Right. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's not like, it's not like eBay, you know, where, you know, where you wait till the very end and then, you know, try to come in and place your bid. And, um, again, it's a little bit more relaxed and, um, you know, everybody has a chance. And I always say, you know, the bidding doesn't uh, stop till you are either, you know, fully satisfied or, and this also happens, you know, you say, you know what, I gave it my best, but I have to throw in the towel because there's somebody out there who just wants it a little bit more than I do. Well, thank you, Jacques. Yeah. And listeners, don't forget to go to John and Marsha's Azula Auction. Um, it is the story of Megaforce Records. And go to backstageauctions.com. And Jacques explained how you can register and get involved and start bidding. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you for listening. And don't forget to go to goldminemag.com for exclusive content. And don't forget to go to our shop, shop.goldmymag.com for exclusive vinyl variants and exclusive bundles. You'll see when you get there. Well, thank you, Jacques. And you, good luck with the auction. And we'll be talking to you soon because you got another one coming up in, in October. I do. I do. Right. Uh, I look forward to be a guest on the on the show again. Thank you, man. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.